One out of the world's 7,000 languages dies every three months. In related news, the next UN peace summit has been scheduled for smiley face rocket ship building top hat arrow. <laughs> U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations Nikki Haley will be leaving the administration at the end of the year. At this point, former Trump staffers could fill the roster for the next three seasons of Dancing with the Stars. Normani, Kelsia Ballerina, Rita Ora, and Lauren Dijel are all presenters at the 2018 American Music Awards tonight. It'll be a real who's who of who? <laughs> Glad Chelsea liked that one. <laughs> President Trump praised Melania, saying she did, quote, a tremendous job representing our country in Africa like no one has before, unquote. No one except every other first lady, every relief worker, and everyone involved in the film, Ernest Goes to Africa. And finally, Kanye West has deleted his Twitter account, but he'll probably reactivate it once the Emperor Cyborg of the Lizard People says it's okay. The Trump Report starts now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz you know, there are a lot of weeks where I would hope that our friend Drexel Hurd was sitting here at the panel with us. But mm-hmm. having an excuse to start off with a Taylor Swift song, I think <laughs> more than any political conversation we could have on the show, you would see him throw down his headphones and storm out of the studio. Because if there's anything, Drexel can't shake it off. Welcome <laughs> to the Trump Report. Uh, you can still hear her. There she is in the background. Yeah. Taylor Swift, just kind of like she's perpetually in the background of our lives all the time. Uh, in any case, I'm Christian Blatt, joined as usual by the one and only Chelsea Galicia. Hello there. And Scott Moore. Back. When he's not when he's <laughs> exactly. not tra- when he's not traveling the world, he's right here at this That's desk. That's right. And uh, getting some nice compliments for your very comfortable looking attire from our own Stephen Lemieux. <laughs> and I will second that emotion. Uh, a lot of ground to cover. There always is, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Chelsea, uh, are you glad that uh, we're not a wagering sort of a program? Because did you give did you give the elected officials too much credit when you <laughs> thought that perhaps Brett Kavanaugh wasn't going to become a Supreme Court justice? Because if you'll flash back to He's last week, to myself, <laughs> Scott, and Brooke—oh uh, no, sorry, Tamara—we mm-hmm. all thought like, well, yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll happen. Yep. You, you, you just—you're you're the uh, proverbial cockeyed optimist. Is that who <laughs> <Yeah>. you are? <laughs> Apparently, you yeah. are right. And when you are right, you are right, as I heard you tell the great Marissa. Uh, well, I mean, uh, you know, Marissa's always right. I just was commenting <laughs> on something. But I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, Scott, it was it was inevitable. I, I think, for me, the moment when everybody started to think it wasn't going to happen, that's when I'm like, oh, no, it's definitely <sighs> happening. You know, I have to say that I, up until Friday night, was still probably with Chelsea thinking there was still maybe some hope. Last Friday night, I thought, well, you know, maybe if Joe Manchin says no and Susan Collins says no, then he doesn't get it. So I knew it was right down the line. Uh, well, yeah, of course it was close. So this was the side that I had faith still, in humanity. I still had faith. I did. I still and thought that, that there was, was a right. chance that he wasn't going to. But then when everything started going on Friday afternoon where it was like, okay, Joe Manchin said yes, and then Susan Collins, and I was like, okay, it's done now. Um, even though I was still hoping on Saturday morning that something would happen and somebody would change their votes. But uh, – yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, at the end of the day, though, we're not totally surprised because Republicans have control as thin of a margin it is. They they have control, so that, that's what they wanted. And uh, evil Mitch McConnell has had this plan for a long time, so he was going to make sure it was going to happen no matter what. 
Right, and of course, it is a recent turn of events that you just need the simple majority. Yes, to... again, thanks to Mitch McConnell. Right, so th- you're saying that this was the plan that he had all along. Oh, yeah, because... yeah. This has been the plan from the beginning, uh, going back to 2016, when he made the really shrewd bet that uh, if a Republican had won in, in being Donald Trump in 2017, but at the time in February, he had no idea when Scalia had died in 2016, to, to hold that open to see if they had a Republican and then therefore they could, you know, steal the seat essentially. And now with the second one that they were going to make sure that was going to happen before the midterms, no matter what happened, they were going to get that through. Chelsea, what do you think about uh, the argument that a lot of people are making that if the Democrats didn't filibuster and make such a big stink about Gorsuch. Maybe people would have been more inclined to consider, you know, like, oh, OK, well, maybe we'll listen to them. Or were the Republicans going to vote for basically if, if you just put like a stack of of uh, of legal briefs uh, in a chair, they would have just <laughs> confirmed that. Uh, yes. The okay. latter. The latter. Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, a pile of legal briefs mm-hmm. that is all. You know, pro business, yes. pro big money yeah, interests, exactly. anti consumer, yep. anti worker, mm-hmm. anti, you know, humanity would be on. Yeah, because I saw that point raised and I'm like, well, that's interesting, but I don't think that would have changed no. anything. No. But, you know, Democrats before, I, you know, before the hearings began, like, we're not going to vote for him. We're definitely not going to vote for him. It doesn't matter what we hear. So I think the Republicans are like, all right, well, I guess we're going to have to vote for him then. And this is the part that I was saying before we started, that it's great when people feel like they should get politically motivated and they should get involved. Uh, It's the very reason we do this show. On this side of the desk where maybe there's less faith and optimism in humanity – where things tend to be more right. I <laughs> just think that that image of people clawing at the doors of the Supreme Court when, of course, you can't open them that way. To me, that's what a lot of it, – it's like it makes people feel better to get involved. But on this level, until it comes time to actually vote, you're not going to – you can't actually accomplish things. Sure, in, pa- in the past that happened. Movements, you know, marches, people were moved. But now – no, I mean, it's all predetermined. You know? I mean, even the image of somebody like clawing at the door is beneficial to be like, wow, people are really passionate about something. Something is going on. Maybe I should look to see what is going on and what do I think about this? So, yeah, maybe that specific action didn't get much of anything accomplished. But I think I, I don't I don't mind the passion that didn't hurt anybody. I hope there wasn't claw marks that door. actually yeah. hurt the door. Um I understand that people are going to make fun of that person and, you know, mm-hmm. people on the right do ludicrous things as well. Uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm not that uh, offended that people are, you know, No, I just hope those people are actually it. voting, though. That's my yes. thing. I'm like, yes, I love the passion. People have a right to do that. People have a right to protest and they should exercise that right. But they also need to exercise yeah. the right to vote a month t- from today. And, and I was talking about that act more as a metaphor for basically all levels of movements and taking to the streets. And you, so you well, can do it, like, but it's not actually going to, like you know, I, all the marches well, and well, things. Like I said before, I, we're, we're like amateurs at this democracy thing about getting involved, staying involved, being engaged learning about the issues. I don't I don't know if people some people knew what the Supreme Court really did before mm-hmm. this, you know. So um, this activation of energy is good and like a lot of things, you don't see the results for a long time. So will we ever be able to draw a straight line from like say the women's march to the next female president? The next <laughs> mm-hmm. the first. The first, yeah. Um, you know, you 
Probably not. There's going to be a lot of ups, downs, curves, lefts, you know, and it's not going to be that simple. But I do think that this lays the foundation for increased involvement and, dare I say, votes, but we'll have to wait and see. Well, and marches were raise awareness. So like you said, like you were saying, if somebody saw that there's this huge march going on or, or big protests or whatever all over the country, I think it is important because it brings attention to an issue you know, like gun violence and the women's movement and all those other things that are important and, and also just the expression of of passion um, and being able to protest your government is something that's fundamental to our democracy. Yeah. So something that should be uh, encouraged and, and yeah, but I get it. It has a little bit of fatigue with people constantly going out and doing that and, and feeling like nothing's going to change because they don't actually go out and vote. But hopefully over these past two years, we've learned that now the answer to this is actually going out and, and voting. Right. I mean, that is the actual... That that's the actual change that you can affect, mm-hmm. and right. no, the one vote, you know, the three of us voting for something mm-hmm. isn't going to matter. But if if the millions of people watching the Trump report, and there's probably billions, if I had to I guess, mean, billions, if they billions. all voted, you know, well, they'd probably vote right down the middle, and then it would all cancel oh, each other out. Oh, what's the middle anymore? I know I, is there, ever even there is such no a middle, thing? Yeah. right? But uh, I do think that. There's a couple different ways to look at this, and I was talking to Chelsea about this beforehand. There is the argument that Brett Kavanaugh being confirmed is going to be sort of a flashpoint. People are going to be very angry. They're going to be more inclined to vote because they're like, oh, this is bad. We should try to keep things like this from happening. But the other side of that is that people who were in favor of Brett Kavanaugh are very upset about the confirmation process where uh, something that President Trump calls a hoax was able to almost derail his nomination. So people are just as angry on the right, which you were surprised to hear. But I, I just have to look at my Twitter feed to see well, that. And I know that they feel like, oh, we're more motivated to vote than ever. There is some there is something to that. But at the same time, they also got what they wanted at the end of the day. And and because it was a, if it was maybe the weekend before the election, I might say, yes, they might. Be is driven, but the passion has already been higher on uh, the left and Democrats already. And then, if you just look historically, you see just in general a president's opposition party always generally picks up seats. So you already have a disadvantage for Republicans to begin with if you just start there. But then you you wait four weeks or so, and you've already got your Supreme Court justice that you wanted on the court. That's already they're already uh, listening to cases, and so your your anger does kind of die Dissipate, down to some degree. Yeah. Then the other side who feels completely wronged by this and is now going to continue to be angry and continue to go out and then translate that anger into hopefully energy into actually voting. Um, so there, there's still a, a, a difference there that doesn't quite equal up. And I've had some of my other friend who's center right who argued with me last week about the fact that no, that, that Republicans are going to be more driven than Democrats. And I disagree. And there's, you know, and. Also, Republicans are, believe not, the minority in the country. Well, I wonder There's if, not, I mean, when you think of independents and Democrats, Republicans are by far the mi- minority, even with some independents that lean that's right. That's what I was just going to say. Put in there maybe too. he's right about Republicans being really but, fired up, but yeah, they're a smaller group They're now. a smaller group, and they've continued to shrink throughout the past couple of years, and they will continue. So you're, you're trying to get a small—and that's why I've always said about Trump doubling down his base, because that's his core group of people that are going to go out and support him. However, it doesn't take much— out of what he got from the Electoral College to, to for him to lose. Right, but I so. think that the key there is, especially this far out from a presidential election, President Trump and, you know, all the people who whisper in his ear and, you mm-hmm. know, dare him into making decisions 
uh, have him convinced that y- right now you have to hold on to that base. Mm-hmm. You don't want to alienate them. You worry about adding to it when you get closer to it, people actually voting. But there's a lot of there's a lot of you know literally red meat that has to be thrown out there. And I think that as much as people dislike him, he, he your people who oppose him dislike mm-hmm. him. That's the one thing that he knows how to do well. People who were on the fence about Trump. They at least hoped for conservative Supreme Court justices. I know people who voted for him because that was the only thing they thought they would get from him, and they've gotten two now. And some of them are looking towards a third. And you know, there's uh, they're expecting him to get reelected and be able to fill another Supreme Court vacancy before too long. And that's all they want. And it's almost like they're willing to look past everything, all the character flaws. They're just like, I, I, you know. Yes, it's hypocritical, but I'm just going to ignore it because he's giving me the one thing that, well, that know, a moderate. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, that's well. I mean, a moderate probably would do the same because they'd still be working with the Republicans, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, yeah, it, you know. It, let you me take go that back, back to the briefing. Um, um, it could be a, a pile of papers there that yeah, is um, now pointing. A moderate you know, Republican yeah, would do the same. President would have probably appointed would have, two very similar justices. If not, not those same. Two. Well, if but not, it would be those would same people from the same list. The same list would have been generated exactly. So I think if anybody was a Republican at that point, like you said, a sheet of papers would have been able to, which is basically smarter than Trump, anyways, would have been able to do the same thing so but but my 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 point was is that i th- think they're they're attracting a smaller and smaller group of people and the fact is that they've turned off so many other people they might be able to get like moderate republicans suburban republicans some um you know college educated uh white women republicans that are going to be turned off and will never go back to support him when it comes to the 2020 election and, and in this point in the midterms let's remember so that's also the, that's the problem is that he's alienated those people so much they will never return Let's uh, hope that. for sure. Well, I, I'm pretty certain by what you see with him because his unpopularity is already so strong right. to be and able it's to getting, those people it's, back. It's getting better or worse depending on the mm-hmm. way you look at it. But remember that the largest block of Americans is non-voting. non-voting. So right. it's almost like we should care less about Democrats and Republicans mm-hmm. and care about engaging the people who – don't, yeah, I mean, it, it's like cared before. there's some percentage that just don't vote because of lack of interest or just laziness. But right. then there's going to be plenty of others like, well, why don't you vote? And I think a lot of people feel like their vote doesn't count. Right. And it depends on where you live. You know, if if you're if you're, uh, you know, Listen, a, a if far... anybody should be saying that it should be people in California. Well, that's what I was going to say. If you're yeah. if you're like on the far left and you live in Arkansas, you can stay home. We, our vote, you know, people are going to vote, you know, for most things going to vote the same way we do in California. So no, if the three of us stay home, it's not like, oh my God, the election went the other way based on three votes. No, because it, it's never close. There are definitely, but if a lot of those people we're talking about don't vote, I mean, it's, what a good election, a good presidential election, it's a little bit under half is the turnout, right? Mm-hmm. It's not – it's never at 50 percent. Mm-hmm. But you've actually got 50 percent turnout. That would probably make a huge difference. But anyway, uh, I wanted to uh, give a shout out to the chat because uh, Drew Leonard in the chat says, I'm here from the Better Call Saul after show because you said to check out the Trump report. So that gets a shout out. Woo! On one of my shows, tell- I always – promote the trump report so somebody <laughs> actually came over here probably because it was just last night but anyway Welcome. thank you drew yeah uh and there's a, another issue that i want to talk about uh sort of a late breaking story today uh, our scott brown talks about 
On the bright side, looks like Lindsey Graham nailed his attorney general audition. He'll get the job. <laughs> he'll get the job when Sessions is fired from the mid- uh-huh. after the midterms. Yeah. Uh, both of those things. I, I look. Would I be surprised? No. And then but Nikki Haley. That's a, yeah. that's his next <laughs> yeah. comment. Mm-hmm. Nikki Haley left her UN post because there would be that. Uh, she's she's ready for a gubernatorial appointment to take that vacated Senate seat. Now, she was in the House before she became uh, the, UN, the ambassador. UN ambassador. Well, no, uh, she was governor. She was a governor. Of South Carolina. All right, so see, I, I knew she. Yes. it was a lower office, although I guess you can, <laughs> you can argue that governor is more, well, in that state, I guess it makes a difference. But yeah, so the idea, it's like, oh, I, I get a job promotion from uh, not, uh, you know, it's funny because I, we've talked on the show about how President Trump will never miss an opportunity to talk about the failing New York Times and to always call it the failing New York Times. I'm surprised he doesn't say the terrible or the inefficient United Nations. Like he hasn't given it a name like that yet. I know because he's disparaged enough over. Right. I I was just thinking about like it. It it sounds like it would roll off the tongue. It's like you know, thanks to Nikki Haley for all of her work for the deplorable United Nations. (laughs) But deplorable again. That's that's Hillary's word. So he probably (laughs) wouldn't use that. Um, but what do you think, Chelsea, about uh, about Nikki Haley resigning from the United Nations? Do you feel like she sees a couple moves down the game board? Or could she have just been like, yeah, I've had enough of this? I'm not exactly sure. I saw another theory out there that an ethics group had looked into her private flying on the government's dime mm. recently. And that that may have been a motivating factor. I don't know. But I don't get really excited about her staying or leaving um, because there's probably going to be somebody else who is Well, it can't be John Bolton because he already has a job, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't think he'd want to go back to the United Nations anyway. Like he did, yeah, yeah. yeah before under Bush. I, I, I'm, I'm, who, who's he going to put there? Is well, he wants be, to put Ivanka. <laughs> that's what I was no, just No, but Ivanka <laughs> has already taken, she's withdrawn her name. She said that uh, she's not in, I saw that. And, you know, I don't know that Trump was really going to. I mean, he really couldn't by Sarah law. Sarah Palin? He said she'd be too. Oh, I mean, Sarah Sanders, I think. I was like, Sarah probably. Palin's going to run for Lisa Murkowski's seat now in 2022. So, oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because that, that tweet that Sarah Palin yeah. sent, which was, what was it exactly? It was, hey, Lisa uh, Murkowski, I, I, I can see, see your seat from, from my house. And I'm just like, so. Th- I can that, see 2020 20, 20, from my house. From my house. Yeah. That, you're right. Yeah. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah. And so it was just like em- embracing that that line that apparently pained her so much that she didn't actually say, but Tina Fey said. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. and that supposed, supposedly bothers her so much that she tweeted it. So that was, it, that tells me that maybe Sarah Palin doesn't run that Twitter. Account, I know. But, well, then I also wrote back to that account. Of course and you I did. Said, <laughs> I said, which way can you see? Can you also see 2008 from your house? Or maybe when you quit the governorship in 2009, which one can you also see from your house? Because, you know, obviously 2008 was a bad uh, run for her. And then she left the governorship in 2009, halfway through her term. So, I mean, if Alaskans, I don't think, are that impressed with Sarah Palin anymore, that uh, I don't think Lisa Murkowski has anything to worry about. Um, because and she got, was a writing candidate in 2010 and won against the Republicans. People so. had to know how to spell, spell her, name. her name. So yeah. I'm, like, I'm also, not worried about it's her. It's also like a, a legacy, like a family mm-hmm. that's been in politics in Alaska. Frank, her father. And I think in Alaska, they get senator. what they get that like annual check from like oil mm-hmm. sales. And as long as that keeps coming in, they're <laughs> probably like, why are we going to rock the boat? You know? Uh, so. I mean, they like her. And again, like we talked about two weeks ago, she knew besides all the stuff going on with Kavanaugh. She knew that, you know, First Nation people that are a big constituency in Alaska as well wanted her to say no. And, you know, so those people would back her. And, and so I think it was a, a smart decision on her part anyways. 
Um, so I don't think she has anything to worry about. She's got you know four years before she even has to run again. I think the independent governor of Alaska has more to worry about right now for right. Election. And I think sort of making that decision, you know, I mean, the amount of people that actually live, despite the landmass, the amount of people actually live in Alaska, you know, that that population, the the First Nation people that you're talking mm-hmm. about, that if you were to alienate them, that would actually create problems for somebody who, as you said, one is a writing candidate and. I'm trying to think of another instance, at least in a, in a even a relatively high office, where a writing candidate actually won. Uh, you know, all the yeah, years, for US all, all the right years now. that I've written myself in, and I've never won anything. <laughs> but uh, maybe I'll and start all those with, Mickey Mouse years. You know, come on, think all Mickey the Mickey Mouse, Mouse would have won think Mickey, some office. Somewhere. Mickey should have won something. I mean, at although, this point, you know, maybe not. Maybe at this point, Minnie maybe yeah. has a better chance. Yeah, that's true. No, well, but does she really? Does Minnie have a better chance? <laughs> I think so. In the real world that we live well, in on this yet. side of the I mean, desk? I mean, I guess. Yeah, some states maybe. Go- Goofy's more likely to get elected. <laughs> That's and, true. Yeah, and, and I think he doesn't wear pants. So. <laughs> which uh, would be perfect which is right now yeah. for 2018, yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, there there are all of those things. Um, and I there's a reason why at the top of the show we played Taylor Swift. Not just to annoy Marissa in the booth and, and <laughs> Drexel in absentia, but uh, the first reason is that apparently voter registration is up, it, it spikes after Taylor Swift gets involved. And, you know, I think a lot of I, I understand the business standpoint of not getting involved in politics. Sure. And when people say, like, yeah, you know what, I just stay out of that, let me just talk about my music or whatever their whatever their art is. You know, if it's an actor, they're like, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. A lot of times it means they're conservative and that's why they don't want to talk about it. But they also just like, yeah, I don't want to alienate people who will potentially spend money on my product. So uh, it, it is interesting when somebody of the stature of Taylor Swift does decide to get involved and on the local level, you know, talking about uh, her home state of Tennessee – and in a single 24-hour period, uh, the they were up 65,000 registrations, which, you know, grand scheme of things, the 65,000 sound like a lot. But I would like to have a 65,000. Well, that's really what influence. I was going to say yeah. is, by way of comparison, there were uh, 190,000 new voter, new voters nationwide in the month of September. And fifty six thousand in August, so people were on vacation; they weren't registering right. to vote. But so that that August number, I just wanted to give both because it's kind of misleading if I only talk about the August number. But that August number, that's less than the twenty four hour period in Tennessee alone. Hmm. So clearly, it's like people say, like, oh, I don't, I don't like when celebrities get involved in politics. But if it's important enough to them, look, you can have somebody like 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 Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon. They're both very involved in politics, and they seem to keep working. Because of where their career's at, you know, and because of what their beliefs are. Sorry. When you have somebody like John Voigt, who is on a very successful show, uh, uh, Donovan, I forget the name of that show on Showtime. Uh, I, I know, I, I'm blanking. You too. know the show I mean, yes, I know. Yeah, it's with Leah Schreiber. Yes. Uh, anyway, that there, what, what is it? Ray Donovan, Ray Donovan, thank you. Yeah. I, wanted I couldn't to say, think of his first I name. I wanted to say Tate Donovan. I'm I know, like, that's I an like, actor. I know. And I hate that. This is what happens when you get old. I'm like, yeah, he's on Tate Donovan. I'm like, no, he's not. Ray Donovan. I was like, I thank couldn't think of his first name either. I was like, yeah. Uh, you know, so that, you know, when you have people like that who are on the right, it's like he has a huge body of work. He was in Midnight Cowboy. And people are like, ah, eh, John Voight, it's all right. But when you're starting out and you maybe have a what is considered a minority opinion, you're like, yeah, I'm just going to stay out of it. Kanye West can put on the red hat 
and apparently still do well. Just people are looking to institutionalize him, but people <laughs> still buy his music. So I don't understand that either. Yeah. But anyways, can I, I just want to say, and hopefully this makes Taylor feel better at all, in case she was at all slighted by the fact that Trump likes her twenty five percent less. <laughs> That's my next point. That I like her fifty percent more. <laughs> I mean, I was I, whatever you multiply it by, it was already at zero, so it's not going to help for me. <laughs> my wife saw her in concert, said she had fun. So what do I care? But. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's interesting, though, because for President Trump to say that he likes Taylor Swift 25 percent less, that's only a little bit. And I just want to keep in mind – and look, we try to keep things light here on the Trump report. President Trump is a man who said that a flat-chested woman can never be a supermodel. So he obviously doesn't have very lofty standards when evaluating women because those are the priorities. So he still likes her 75% much as he did. This is someone who very actively is saying she doesn't like him. So clearly, Taylor Swift... Is his type. And you know why I oh, say she's, she's his oh, type? Because she looks, because like, she looks Ivanka. like Ivanka. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> no, I, I mean, come that. on. That, that's what it all comes down to. I'm glad that she spoke up. And it was a risk for her because yeah. with Tennessee being a home state, right. um, it was, it's not like I, she lives here full time, although she does have. Right, but she's still, you know, and she's speaking to people. And I, I'm fairly sure Justin Timberlake's from Tennessee, too. And you don't, I, he's like, no, yeah. don't ask me. And and she used strong words. Like yeah. that she found the record of their center to be, you know, hor- horrifying. And it wasn't light language. So she really put herself out there. And I'm sure she's receiving a ton of backlash. Right, right. And I'm sure her. some of the voters are some of the people that registered to vote are probably people that were angry at hearing her politicize, like you're saying, getting involved in politics and were probably on the right and said, oh, now I'm going to, I'm going to go vote. I think some of you that, know, but that, I but, do think you get a lot of people who are like, oh, okay. You know, this but, is- but she does have an influence because, uh, she's got way more followers on social media than Donald Trump does. So, you know, oh, she does have influence. He, he yeah, still yeah, so likes her, yeah. way more than, you know, than he does. So that's got to make him a little uh, jealous and frustrated. But kind of going back to what you were saying, too, Chelsea, is the fact that it is in Tennessee. And, you know, what Christian was saying, too, about how maybe in California or other states when you're voting the opposition party of in Tennessee, these these uh, the Senate seat is in real play, you know, and, and you can really make a difference. With sixty-five thousand votes, you know, or something that could maybe put someone over the the finishing line, especially someone like Phil Bredesen, who's running for uh, the Democratic ticket on uh, as the U.S. senator, was a former governor who was very popular in Tennessee. I was disappointed by him saying he would have said yes for the Kavanaugh. Oh, I missed that. Uh, yeah, last week, it was just very frustrating. Um, but, you know, it's like Joe Manchin. They've got to play for their... Right, but also he says people. it in a way where he doesn't have to actually do it. Sure. So you might just be placating, like, of you know course. what, this is going to be a little bit for the voters. Because no, I is. might it's vote good. a way that they don't like in right. the future. It's yeah. for the conservative Democrats to maybe feel more comfortable voting for him. It was still annoying. I don't feel like he even had to say anything. But, um, yeah. but that said, like, there is a real chance that he could potentially win... You know, the, and when you have someone like Taylor Swift going out and saying vote, it makes a big difference in Tennessee. Yeah, look, when when you live in big... one of these big, you know, big blue heavy uh, electoral college vote states like California, mm-hmm. and you know, you sixty five thousand might not sound like a lot, but when you look on like the midterm elections, when you're going to be seeing the voting returns, the numbers that you're going to see when they're like at ninety percent of having all the votes mm-hmm. totaled, it's often like under a hundred thousand, mm-hmm. you know, for, for these midterm races for sure. Mm-hmm. So that 65,000, you know, I think could actually make a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. Swift effect. We'll be it talking could be about swift, effect. swift, the Swiffer of the Republicans. Especially yeah, Phil Bredesen does ac- actually eke out a win in Tennessee. Uh, it would be, you could maybe go back to that and say, did she have any mm-hmm. influence in convincing people to vote or even change their minds or whatever? 
Yeah, or you know, I I don't know. I mean, she should she should be like offering I don't know what a, a free concert if if the guys <laughs> she likes wins. You know, why don't you do stuff like that? I feel like I feel like Bruce Springsteen like a free has done that. You wear your I voted sticker. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Bruce Springsteen has done that. You know, on the yeah. the other side of things, it's yeah. like you know, I'll I'll play the inaugural ball if the Democrat wins. Yeah. All right, fine, we'll vote for Bruce. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I th- found that to be interesting mm-hmm. and uh, surprising. That's the beauty of doing a show like this. Sometimes you end up talking about Taylor Swift when you. Uh, didn't expect to. Uh, Chelsea, President Trump says he has no plans to fire Rod Rosenstein. Do you believe him? Christian, I don't believe him as far as I can touch like throw him. I was going to say touch him. I was going to say touch his hair. Just imagine. Yeah. But I didn't just imagine if you touched it any was... part, like his hair, Ugh. his arm, just with one finger. Just imagine what that finger would look like. It would it would look like you'd been eating Cheetos all day okay. and yeah. you'd be so mad at yourself for letting yourself eat Cheetos. Yes, that's probably true. Instead of the delicious but... veggie burger on sourdough bread that you had before the show. Hey, yes, delicious kale burger. Um, but here, here's the thing. He says, I, I have no plans. Well, maybe like as in, in these moment. 10 seconds, yeah. He has no plan, but so I it, it doesn't mean anything. Nah. Right. Yeah, of course exactly. Not. Well No plans at this moment. Yeah. But tomorrow, totally different Yeah, story. I never I never <laughs> had plans to have a season pass on my D V R for Daniel Tiger's neighborhood, but now I have a three year old, so you yeah. better believe I have that. So yeah, you don't have plans to, but uh things change. Yeah. Uh Scott, what do you do you feel like uh there was a lot of talk, you know, before Kavanaugh, way back in a simpler time before the, the Kavanaugh <laughs> confirmation start, started. That was kind of a big story that we didn't even really take the time to talk about on this show because we were all Kavanaugh all the time. Right. Do you feel like there must be some reason that he wants to keep Rosenstein around? I mean, because he obviously could have been long gone at this point. Uh, well, again, I think because of the midterms, too, because he's got to wait and see w- what happens. And, you know, if Republicans manage to keep the House and Senate, then he'll do whatever he wants. So he will fire him and he'll fire Jeff Sessions and he'll get uh, Lady Lindsay to be uh, attorney general now. If and Jeff Sessions <laughs> goes to the like, UN. You know, ugh. no, but I mean, he'll be gone. Like he'll be out of the, the administration. And, but and but, you don't think he, they would put him somewhere else no. to keep him from turning against the administration altogether? No, because if he's not in power anymore what he's not gonna there, there's not much but that's what i'm saying care. that might be a reason why trump puts him somewhere to keep him somewhat as an ally because sessions is going to be real pissed to have given up his seat and then to be fired lost from and we'll give up a seat that a democrat won <laughs> then no but i don't think so yeah. i think if anything he's going to be out or he's going to be somewhere parachuted back to you know something because they don't want him to be anywhere nearby um and i don't think it, it would be a thing for him either i don't think he'd be happy doing something like i can't that wait either. for his book I know, exactly. Another book. Cause, it's going to be yeah. maybe better than Omarosa's. Probably, yeah. Well, I don't think it takes much to be better than Omarosa's because we haven't heard much about Omarosa's. So we've heard all the good tapes that yeah. she had. With somebody who was allegedly recording as much as she has, you you really felt like she was holding back for something. But, you know, when the book kind of leveled off and there were no new tapes, I'm like, oh, she doesn't have anything good. Maybe mm-hmm. she's waiting for a slow week. <laughs> she's going to have to keep waiting. She'll have to wait until he's out of office. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm trying week. to think of the last slow week we or had. Or maybe yeah. she's waiting for, like, right before the midterms, like the week or the, so The before. October surprise. There'll yeah. be some other, like, bombshell. But that's why he's not doing anything now. He can't, He knows he really can't because he's really going to uh, potentially affect midterm elections and, and Republicans will be very angry if, you know, then it's, the Senate ends up going to Democrats and, you know, um, because, you know, the Mueller investigation is, is full on and, and, and they're – they're working away, and they're they're chipping away at stuff, and who knows what they're discovering at this point. So, yeah, it's been very quiet on that front. So, uh, as we always talk about, that, uh, Watergate took a long mm-hmm. time. There was a lot of work to be done. 
you you feel like they're just uh, you know putting in long days, burning the oh, yeah. burning the uh, what is that phrase? Midnight Mid- oil. Midnight yeah. oil. It is midnight oil, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Marissa, for anything that I forget. <laughs> I wanted to say midnight candle, and I'm like, that's just wrong. <laughs> midnight oil. Yeah. Uh, so I think that. Uh, it has to keep going on. But, there was uh, movement about as another uh, kind of social media influencing group out of Israel. Psy group? I don't know. Exa- I don't know the details. I was trying to actually look at what's been happening so on, the, on the investigation, and it was actually more complicated than my eyes could follow. Yeah, at the there, early there was something. I was yeah, I was looking this morning, too, and there was something, you know, over like the weekend, so a three-day period of all of these. Lots of stuff going on. And again, they always go back to they have nobody knows. Even though they claim they do, and that's why Republicans are, are scared shitless because they have no idea right. of what has been uncovered and what's going on. And, and and like we've talked about, they have to make it incredibly airtight. You don't just go out and issue a report and have a lot of holes there, especially with this uh, president, you know, trying to make it seem like, you know, witch hunt and lying every single day about everything else. you got to make sure that you're completely buttoned up. So. You can't let any kind of loose ends happen there. So that's why it takes a long time, especially when it's so complicated and you have so many different players and so many different, you know, bank accounts and and, and wires. I mean, just we, thinking yeah, about I mean, all that is just really so complicated. You really have to have, you know, all the uh, I's dotted and T's mm-hmm. crossed. You have to really, you know, you can't just like rush it just because. You know, the file that, the uh, you saw that I was oh, carrying I can, I, very I, overwhelmed Our, our audience it. can't see it, but I'm looking at the couch right now. Yeah, and, uh, I see yeah. a lot of. I, I brought a file with me and, and Christian was like, Wow, I'm glad I'm not smart. That was the least. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad, I'm glad I wasn't smart True, enough to consider being a lawyer at any point. Yeah, in my that life. kind of scares me now. Looking at yeah. it, but too, that a little file bit. is like teeny tiny compared to the size of the of the oh, documents yeah. that are being oh, yeah. put together by that investigation Com- compared oh, yeah. to documents put out by both sides in Congress yep. that they expect everyone to read before they vote on it. You yep. know, I mean that's that is a bipartisan thing. Yes. Vote on it in five Excuse minutes, me. and here's yeah. your pile. Let's bury you under yes. five thousand pages and, and make sure vote in an vote. hour. Yep. Yeah, let's go. So uh, yes, that's a lot of that. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about is, uh, you know, a lot of this is anecdotal evidence, but I want to sp- specifically focus on one such anecdote. Uh, there was a, a Newsweek story about uh, Donald Trump approval ratings going down in all fifty states. Uh, the one that I find interesting, and it sort of ties back into something I said earlier, is uh, the biggest losses in Utah, where about 58% of residents approved of him when he took office. And now uh, 50% disapprove, but just 45% say they support him. So I had sort of made light earlier about how people who are only focused on the Supreme Court are willing to look the other way of things. I don't know a lot, a lot about Utah. I, people who live there and are from there will tell you that it's not run by Mormons. But there are a lot of mm-hmm. Mormons there. There are a lot of very religious people there who maybe aren't Mormons but also are Christians. I do feel like that's a state where it starts to wear down on you when, you know, you're. it doesn't matter what you believe. But it's just like he's not really denying Stormy Daniels. He's not really denying a lot of these things. And they're just like – yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think I like that, you know, and it's a thing that surprisingly you get a lot of people who are saying that it shouldn't matter. You know, you're, you're Pat Robertson's and the, the types who were talking about how, you know, Bill Clinton was the, the worst human to walk the earth because, you know, maybe his eyes and sometimes hands wandered to people that weren't his wife. But then you have Trump who's paying people off for it. And it's, you know, look, everybody's a hypocrite and. 
you know, I think Pat Robertson did some time. So, you know, mm-hmm. they all did. So that's fine. It was the 80s. Everybody, everybody <laughs> was a preacher on TV, did a little time. But it's just interesting because Utah seems to be one of those places where they're like, you know what? We're actually not okay with this. This isn't the price we want to pay to get somebody on the Supreme Court that maybe reflects our values. Um, Chelsea, do you think – and again, anecdotal evidence – but do you think it could be true that you are starting to get people who at a certain point you can't just keep shrugging it off or as Taylor Swift would say, you can't always shake it off? <laughs> Nicely played. Yes. Thank you. you no, know, I haven't Bring studied Utah enough to know but maybe Scott can tell me. Is Mitt Romney running – in Utah, oh yeah, for Senate. currently running yes. for Senate, and yes. all for indications. Orrin Hatch's seat. All indications is he'll win too, right? I mean, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. It's just because he's like a, it's like a celebrity running, you know. Well, I mean, so and I'm, also he, he's, he's a the Republican. most, he's the most famous person from Utah. He, again, your, your briefs could be a Republican there, and papers, and have an R next to their name, it would win in Utah. So and really, is is Romney? Um, I, I can't see him running as a Trump Republican. He's not. I mean, he's kind of like everyone else seems to encourage you know be more because Orrin Hatch has been very pro-Trump um he's definitely more than he was but uh yeah I mean that's the thing is that he's still kind of looked at as being a little bit more independent of Trump yeah and I I think perhaps that race and seeing that Mitt Romney could be a moderating influence on the Trump agenda and still be a Republican is what might make people back off from Trump I don't I don't know but that's just what occurred to me but I did want to if it's okay really fast to to alert everybody to another Newsweek article that I saw last week, which nobody paid attention to because of the fact that it was all cabin on day and night. But, you know, Newsweek said that a majority of economists agree that by 2020 Mm -hmm. we'll be in a recession. So I just want everybody to know that right now so that when we are coming up to 2020 and Trump says, look, the Democrats took over the House or the Senate, whatever, and then the economy crashed. And it's all their fault. We talked about two weeks ago. We already said he was going to blame the Democrats regardless or blame Hillary Clinton or Obama or whatever. I was going to say, I hear Chelsea say that. There's only two words I can think of. Thanks, Obama. That's all I I can take away from that. They totally will. And that's the thing that we have to be prepared for is the fact that they'll say as soon as the Democrats take control, the economy tanked. Which, of course, we've talked about. The cycle has been going on for the longest, uh, pretty much expansion since yeah. World War II. And they do. They go in cycles. And I've said it all along, too, even when Obama was president, that uh, presidents get too much credit for the economy. And, the day, you know, it just has really nothing to do with them. It comes down to a lot of other, obviously, things going on. And, and they really don't have any particular say. Yes, of yeah. course, they can pass laws and things can change here and there. But for the most part, they don't have much to do with the economy in general. Um, I know it's surprising to people, but I think that it it has less to do with policy. I think policy can uh, pr- prolong there, or shorten right. a little bit of the cycles mm-hmm. and the tax cuts. Right. I think produced a sugar high that yep. may have caused this cycle to last longer because this is already a really really long cycle. So just it's going to crash, and it has nothing to do with the Democrats winning the no or right. the Senate. Did the articles seem to think that we'd be in a recession by like I don't know it's, May or December? Because yeah. it, it, obviously it'll make a huge difference. Well, it, it said ten percent believe that it's actually going to happen next year, which I kind of maybe agree with. But then fifty six or so percent believed that it would be by the end of twenty twenty, so that it would be already emerging. Um, by the 2020 elections. But, but on the flip side is, again, it'll come down to because people take so much uh, on the president for 
the economy that if it is going down, they're still going to end up blaming a president regardless. And yes, you're going to have those core base people that are going to vote for Trump, even if he shot someone on Fifth Avenue, like he said. But there'll be those people that are on the edge and those people that are maybe had been hardcore supporters of his and they start noticing that they're, you know, losing their jobs or they're, you know, things are happening to the economy and they start feeling it, then they are going to start blaming and be like, you know what, he didn't help me like he said. Yeah. And they're going to be either less likely to vote or, you know, some people that are had voted for him last time that are independents will vote or, for the Democrat. Or they might say, listen, this economy is supposed to be so great, mm-hmm. record unemployment mm-hmm. and uh, – all, you know, there's there's so much great news because of this economy, right. yet people's wages are very, very slowly, pathetically going mm-hmm. up, um, like not even keeping up with inflation going up. And so at some point, people might think that this is somewhat of a sham or that it helped the economy, but they might start to realize <laughs> that the economy the is just, you know, for part of the economy and not for everybody. I think that some people hopefully will start to awaken the yes. fact that what's good for the economy doesn't mean that that's what's good for the majority of Americans. Right. It's good for rich and corporations. And like I've said from day one, I'll, I don't even know if Trump will be running again in 2020. You know, there is the Mueller report. There are other things that are going to be going on in the next two years. I don't even know if he'll be running again. Um, so that's even something to even think about at this point that it's too soon to say. Or if someone else is going to come and, and be a third-party candidate. And, you know, so there's a lot I'm, of things that could happen. I'm always surprised that, you know, I mean, that like Ross Perot the first time was really an aberration and it just doesn't happen more often, you know? I mean, because, look, he he was like a cartoon character. He was yeah. hardly like a charismatic guy. Right. He was just like, you know, it's the same sort of... It, it, Builds on the same sentiment to some extent that gets Donald Trump elected because, it's like, yeah. yeah, this is a different guy. He's not talking like these mm-hmm. other guys, and you know, obviously the uh, the 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 Bush senior camp will say that Perot running is what ultimately right. helped Clinton, well, right? But I'm just surprised, you know. I mean, because that's 26 years ago, and so I'm surprised that we haven't, you know, people who support third-party candidates will tell you, like, oh, we came this close to that, but nothing, and yeah, I know Pro didn't get any electoral votes, but thousands of people voted for, hundreds of thousands. Well, they did. Well, no, I know, and they did, and the thing is, is if you had something like that happen again in 2020, it could be the same kind of scenario. We had an incumbent Republican who then, this third party takes from that Republican, and then you have that Democrat be able to win, and it's happened many times in the past. I mean, Bill Clinton did only win 43% of the vote in 92, and Ross Pro got some like 19% of the yeah, popular Yeah, it, it was definitely so 19%. I remember you, that. You, yeah. you do end up getting electoral college because you pull enough votes away from the Republicans and maybe some of the Republican states that then tipped Democratic because you had a lot of states that flipped from blue, I mean, from red to blue from 88 to 92. And that's when the start when California moved to the Democratic column and Michigan, most of the upper Midwest. And a lot of that happened because you got a lot of people that voted for Perot in some of these states that then tilted the electoral college over to, to Bill Clinton. So, And same thing in 2000. I mean, when you think about Ralph Nader and you think about the number of votes that he got in Florida and the difference of if, those, if he wasn't there – and some of those votes would have gone to Gore because it was 537 that therefore right. would have had and, a and president. And Gore. there are enough people who accidentally right. voted for, for Pat Buchanan in Palm Beach in, County. In, as you say, in, yeah. in counties where people, yeah, because there's look, there's counties in Florida where people would have been voting for Pat Buchanan, but not not, not, not in not Palm there. Beach County. No, 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 no exactly. No. So yeah, you you have all those things. But that so my point on that is that if the economy is bad, right. it's very easy to be like, oh sure, it's Trump's fault. But also, it's the fault of these idiots from before Trump. So that's why I'm here. This is can- mystery candidate X. Well, I'm saying I just like, can't yeah, even imagine candidate. Anybody. Yeah. And by the way, Ralph Nader, one of the the least charismatic and interesting people I've ever seen. And and the the knock on Al Gore was that he was he was a little dull. And I'm like, 
Really? Compared to Alf, Ralph Nader, Alf Nader. <laughs> Alf. Alf Nader would be a great show. Yeah, Actually, if be. Alf wants to run, I'm voting for Alf. I'm okay that he eats cats. <laughs> I hear he's got it under control. Uh, anyway, I don't know. Uh, Chelsea, do you see at some point, maybe not the next cycle, but do you see a third party, and we're talking in uh, presidential election, making a, a real impact? Uh, do you feel like we're getting closer to that? Or is it we're just so divided that people are going to at least go with – the figure, the person who's where they're leaning towards, even if they're not a diehard Democrat or a diehard Republican. I have been thinking about this, but uh, but more in the sense of what is going to happen to the divide within the Democratic Party, whether we'll ultimately come back together or whether one will pop off and be uh, independent, whereas like a, a Bernie, somebody like him who last time decided to run as a Democrat might actually run as an independent um, I think people are too afraid to do that. Um, I think uh, the electorate, the Americans want to know. Like, I think it's easier when there's when there's two. I think they'll be pissed if a third one um, threatens either side. Yeah. I don't think that they're going to take very seriously a, a third one. Although it wouldn't be a bad idea because right now it's kind of just this big uh, back and forth seesaw reaction. And you know what I fear is that the Democrats may take a house, uh, either the House or Senate. And, you know, obviously not much is going to happen then for the rest of this uh, term because they're just going to sit in and wait till Trump's time runs out. But if the Democrats get it back and then they remain the same party that they were under Obama that looked a awful like an awful lot like Republicans, just like Republican light, mm-hmm. then at that point, a third party candidate might be viable. Right, and right also, don't realistically, the system is stacked against, it's, uh, you know. It the, is. The, like, it, it took a lot. I mean, just because I, I remember it, it took a lot to get Ross Perot into those debates with uh, Clinton and Bush Sr., but he was there. Well, because you have to get a certain percentage. Yeah. And once you get and, that in the polls, and, and then you can, you know, the, 1%, uh, I think. Did your friend work for Gary Johnson that we had on? Or who did she work for somebody Oh, Evan else? McMullen. Evan McMullen. Which is the one that you thought about might have won Utah going back to Utah. Right. I thought that there was but a chance she, for him to But I remember she worked for someone that, yeah. you know, there was a certain percentage that in that yeah. state, you know, it, yeah. it ultimately I think didn't happen. But It was there, Utah. Yeah, it was Utah. So mm-hmm. it, all, it all ties back into that. Right. So that uh, that's the sort of thing that – you can get it, but it's it's so hard to even get whatever that requirement is. I think it's that. hard. It's hard now. I mean, you have to go back to basically 1968 when you had um, um, what the Alabama governor. Now I keep forgetting his name. The segregation governor, not a George um, Wallace. Wallace, yes. Yeah. Uh, so where so you your memory is making a recovery. Yeah. Well, I, now my so glad, going. I was so glad I didn't have to Google it because because <laughs> right. I was like, wait a minute, sweet home Alabama. Yeah. Birmingham, we love the governor. Wallace! Yeah, so So. that was the last time where you actually saw, you know, some states in the South that went for a third-party candidate. Uh, But like like we were saying, it's very difficult because the the two parties are so entrenched. And candidates like having the support of the parties, too, because they help, you know, get out the votes and they're helping with during the the primaries and you get money. And uh, so there's so much from it that where you're a third-party candidate and you're really just floating in the wind on your own. And so, you you know, having that support um, is very hard. And then, like we're saying, too, a lot of people feel afraid to actually vote for a third-party candidate at the national level. You get a lot of third-party candidates here and there, 
you know, House and Senate, you do have had that in the past. Angus King is one that comes to mind, and um, technically Bernie Sanders. Well, and yeah, you get, you'll get, indep- you get people running as independents. Independents in their yeah. states, and and they can win, um, you know, for, for federal positions. Um, and you definitely get a lot of independents that are governors, going back to Alaska with Bill Walker, again, back to Angus King and Maine. And um, so it does happen a lot where you do get that as an independent. Um, but as far as presidential level, I think it's it's very difficult because you don't have the, the ground support. Um, to be able to actually be a viable campaign. I wish we could. I wish we could have multiple like a lot of other countries. But um, it's, Yeah, it's, I mean it, it's interesting when you watch some of those – those like a parliamentary system where mm-hmm. you sort of have to – you have to build support amongst other parties. Yeah, that you have, a, you have and, These coalitions where you really don't mm-hmm, agree on a lot mm-hmm. of things. But you're like, well, yeah, but we really disagree with them. And, and then – Oh, and then they do question time with the prime minister, and they all yell. <laughs> now I'm surprised we don't have that, by the way. But that's, I guess, that's like and fights, the, the, like the physical twi- fights. The twi- well, yeah, like in, <laughs> in, in, in uh, I forget, like Thailand or something. You've seen, you've seen like physical fights yeah. on, on the floor. Uh, some of the uh, people in the chat are commenting on the financial concerns. Uh, Lady Goth makes the point very succinctly: my salary still sucks. And the demon knot mm-hmm. says it should be really soon, talking about in terms of a recession. Maybe next year. We're now in the longest expansion in history. Right. So basically we're due. Uh, and, you know, I think that that's the – if the economy stays reasonably well and there isn't a recession, I think that helps President Trump or, as Scott's predicting, possibly, you know – President Pence or President oh, yeah. Ryan or however far down the list of succession it goes. Unless people realize, hey, this economy is supposed to be doing great. Why does yeah. my uh, income still suck? Right. And I, I mean you will talk to some people who do feel like they're doing better. But Lady Goth disagrees, you know. Um, you know, I, oh, I haven't heard like a score of people besides the new uh, Amazon employees who are, you know, soon going to be getting 15 an hour. Yeah, but they're going to be replaced by drones in five years. So, you know, <laughs> they robots. should enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but is anybody really thrilled with their with, with their salary? Their, their wage has gone up, you know, commiserate at all to this – Economic, yeah. I feel like had? I get too much money. I'd like to start giving some back. <laughs> I don't mean donating, I mean, I'll give it back to, to the company. I, yeah. I don't need it, yeah. it's all right. I, I'm the company tired. could really use I'm it. Tired of, I'm tired of making they, so much they, money. They could use more. I mean, you know, but, 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 so I mean it reminds me, President Trump told us we're going to be tired of winning so yeah. much. Uh, I, I'm not tired of winning so much. I don't. I don't know how much winning I've been doing, but uh, I'm not tired of making money either. But anyway, we always appreciate people <laughs> in the chat who uh, give us the anecdotal evidence uh, like that. Uh, I know we only have a couple minutes, but I know there's always something that we we often talk about how we should talk about it, and we never talk about it. But there was a story that the planet, that's this one that we live on, <laughs> has only until 2030 to stem catastrophic climate change, experts warn. So if you're a pessimist, you're like, well, it's only 10 years. I, I don't think we can do enough. So, you know, screw it. Let's just uh, let's just move to Mars. Uh, but Chelsea, when you hear that, when you hear that there's there's we've got 10 years to work with. I'm like, listen, I'm driving a Tesla. I'm doing what I can. <laughs> Other than that, everybody else is going to have to step up their game. I, 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 I am running out of faith in humanity, you know. It's been shown that my faith in humanity is really misplaced. And so I <laughs> Sometimes. might just join those people who are like, whatever, I give up. And I think that's, you know, one of the reasons I'm not going to have kids because, you know, I'm just going to – they're going to choke to death on um, bad air. Oh, so, I was like, what are they choking on? Are they choking no. on kale burgers? Because <laughs> <laughs> no, I that might, that might save us because, see – 
If actual burgers did right. not exist, yes. there would be much less methane. Because there'd be less cows. Less yes. cows. Yes. Less of <laughs> this is the flatulence theory. Yes. Right? No, but That's it's true. They're actually more more uh, from that from from livestock than there is from transportation. Yes. So if you really did cut back on your meat eating, which I'm I'm like quasi vegan. Quasi-vegan and... But then I'd have nobody to blame it on when I drive to San Francisco and there's that one part on the five where it's just cows everywhere and you smell it for like 10 miles (laughs) away. I'd be like, cows. (laughs) It was the cows. Yeah. Uh, Scott, uh, because I I don't want to run out of time. So you hear about that and, you know, climate change, look, it's, it's not... It's not particularly sexy right now. It's not something people are talking about well, no, because it, there's so much else to talk about. Well, it's easier to talk about jobs and things course. that, of course, are more important. But that's why I wanted to save. I wanted to save five minutes. It ended up being three minutes, but still, I still well, wanted to talk. About I was going to. I mean, because it also doesn't affect people immediately because it's such a slow thing in in the scheme of things that people don't realize. You know, like when the water levels are rising in Florida and you're getting, you know, and it's sunny days and you're you're having overflow, um, tide flooding in South Florida and you're having these fire seasons all year round in California. And um, people don't realize that slowly, but surely these things have been happening over the past 30 years. And so it's been such a slow creep that people don't take it. Like too seriously. Boiling frogs in a in a pot. Right. That the, the the temperature has literally been yes, turned, it's up, been so turned up so slow that you that don't they know. And they didn't jump out. Right. Yeah. Because they didn't realize because it's been so slow. And so that's yeah. part so of wait, the problem. So wait, am I supposed to jump out of the pot or should yeah. I stay in the pot? I'm confused. <laughs> See, if you stay in the pot, you'll get you'll, cooked to death. Yes. But if you, I feel like I'd right. be delicious. Because so. that, because it's such a slow burn, basically, yeah. that you don't realize it. And because of that, it's not a sexy topic because it's not immediate and it's not like, oh, my gosh. You know, this is happening and, and the temperatures are rising 100 degrees every day and you're feeling that huge difference every day. Um, and because everything is it's so slow that it, it, people are more concerned about other things. And then those those deniers are thinking, well, it doesn't matter anyways. And like we said all along, if you think you could help make a difference, why wouldn't you want to? Right. Your I mean, you're the like, only if, way that this will be, don't believe it, it'll, it'll turn out well is if there is a really um, great technology that is going to bring in tons of jobs or something yeah. that doesn't at the same time kill fossil fuels. So basically, if the fossil fuel companies decide to shift to a new technology... Because they'll make so much more money. Maybe we'll yeah. all be saved. Um, or you just have a big volcano and then it covers the sun. <laughs> right. I, actually, and then we die anyways, but then it's... I've know, heard that this is a new, a new uh, theory that if we just like spread salt everywhere, that that's going to deflect... The sunlight from hitting the Earth's surface and cool us down by a so few we're supposed degrees. to put salt on everything. I thought salt was bad for <laughs> us. This is really confusing. Well, it's well, like covering the streets with white paint instead of having the black asphalt will help with the heat island effect in cities. And you know, there's lots of things in covering the white roofs. That is the most racist thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> so you're saying that we have to whitewash yes. all of <sighs> every single street. <laughs> And the top of rubes as well. You know, you know, then it reflects. Um, no, but this the is like off. not a made-up thing. Like I no. really no, have I have heard actually of this. heard some of. Well, that. it's like painting the, the streets the, white. The salt I legitimately had not heard, but it, I, I, I can rubes. see it's an extension of, of the kind, painting. It's the yeah. idea uh, that when volcanoes um, erupt, they yeah. cool the earth by releasing ash that deflects sunlight, and so we could mimic that with salt. All right. So Chelsea's in favor of more volcanoes. The the <laughs> final point that I will make is you, the you know mind. people who are whether you want to call them deniers or non-believers or you know they consider themselves realists, but whatever you want to call them, they will always point to the fact that you know you do have 
people like Al Gore on record as saying, like, the debate is over. And then they just want to say, like, yeah, but why don't you talk about it with people who don't believe in it? Because that at least gets it back out there. And I agree with that thought. Wait, what? That we should be talking about it with deniers? Because deniers will point to, like, here are scientists that say this. So these scientists who are deniers, if you're so sure of it, refute their claims publicly and actually sit down and talk with them. But they're always like, oh, I won't talk to them. But for the people who don't believe, the only way to possibly get them to believe is to show them, well, here's why your denier scientist is wrong. Let me show you. And I just want to say, like, but you could... What if? What if you can't prove it? Well, I mean, then, the then you shouldn't thing, be denied. Then the deniers same, have a point. But same thing. No, but the same thing. Just because Trump says something and you don't spend the time demonstrating evidence as to why it's wrong, doesn't make it his right. comments true. However, if you did take the time, depending on what it no. is. You know, I you could it. you could no. probably win some people over, but anyway, I doubt it. We do have to leave it there because uh, we have no more time for climate change. So uh, let's <laughs> let's just uh, you know order your Teslas and go. We'll just vegan-ish. do your part. Yeah, oh, have one, you know one day a week do? of not. You know what I'm going to do instead, Chelsea? I'm going to walk. Okay, Ooh, how about yeah. that? Even better. I'm going to walk right out to my car. But <laughs> in any case, uh, the uh, the final thought was a, a joke that I put on Twitter. I found it to be. Instant karma that yesterday was Indigenous Peoples Day, and on Indigenous Peoples Day, the Atlanta Braves and Cleveland Indians were both eliminated from the playoffs, and the Washington Redskins got the hell beat out of them by the New Orleans Saints. So, happy Indigenous Peoples Day, everyone. Uh, In any case, uh, we will be, well, actually, I won't be back next Tuesday, but uh, Scott and Chelsea will uh, be on this side of the desk holding down the fort, and presumably Tamara will be back, and I think Brooke might even be with us. So uh, the show will be back next Tuesday, same time, at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. (laughs) Until then, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at ChristianDMZ. Chelsea, where do people find you? At Chelsea Galicia. And Scott. At SMAN80. See everybody next week. Thank you. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 